one of the things that's been on everyone's mind lately is how things are getting more expensive after a very long time again uh in financial parlance we call this inflation uh we thought this would be a good time to bring this discussion in house and take insider investing within deserve uh joining me today is webhav porwal who's my co-founder at deserve webhav is an investment expert all his life he's been passionate about uh, the role that investments play in the lives of people how investments should be structured and what are the right investment solutions given a market environment today in this episode of insider investing i talked to him about the impact of inflation on our lives and how it affects our portfolios webhav is great to have you on the show this has been long time in the making Thanks, Sandeep. Thanks for inviting. I've seen what you have done so far in uh, the podcast, and uh, really excited to be here. Yeah, and uh, it's been interesting so far. We've had some very exciting guests, mostly entrepreneurs, people who've created a new niche for themselves. And I think for us this time around, though, the focus was more about there is one area which is really bothering most uh, people. This is uh, bothering not only consumers but also investors. and that's this whole talk about inflation right suddenly after a very long time and it's almost like we had forgotten about this term uh, it seems to be rearing its head back i'm actually very curious to understand why suddenly there is this talk about it what is indicating the fact that inflation is back or you know things are getting more expensive again see two three things and before i jump into the numbers uh... very interesting conversation i had with my grandmom and i asked her how would she measure uh, impact of inflation in their life and she said that the measure for them was the price of 10 grams of gold was equal to the monthly expenses so whatever increase was there in the price of the gold was inflation for them and it was an interesting way to measure the inflation because that time there was no scientific measure of that but having said that uh, the reason for which inflation is making a comeback is because last 30 years have been structural uh, disinflation uh, world over inflation consumer inflation in particular is something that we have completely forgotten about but uh, now it's making a comeback uh, you have data points uh, to substantiate that us is seeing consumer inflation which is at multi decade high china is seeing uh, producers price inflation which is again at multi decade high we seeing significant increase in uh, base metal prices world over raw material prices have gone through the roof so so all of all of it put together is creating an interesting environment where we are seeing inflation coming back after 30 years in a meaningful way that's interesting you know actually an anecdotally we are beginning to see early signs of that uh, i was talking to somebody who's very large in textiles and uh, he was telling me that for the first time in 15 years Walmart has increased the prices of uh, clothing that they offer a uh, retail and that's very interesting because in the US markets this concept of price increasing on retail product is almost unheard of at least in the current generation of the new spenders uh, the gen z they have never seen this so it's a very once in a lifetime event that's happening for them as well right and uh, you know let's talk also about some of this asset inflation that we have discussed and when we've designed our investment strategies we're beginning to see that as well uh, real estate is getting expensive for the first time in many years 
No, so it's very interesting, Sandeep. Uh, after 2008 uh, GFC, people had kind of ignored real estate as an asset class because real estate was central to that crisis. But uh, because of low cost of borrowing and significant increase in wealth world over, uh, which is what we call wealth effect uh, led by money supply, is uh, making people invest in real estate again. And it's also getting supported by the fact that people believe that inflation will in eventually help real estate prices. So these factors are very interesting. On the other point, so last 30 years have been all about uh, increase in productivity. And because of that, cost of uh, raw material has come down world over, and which has led to uh, prices remaining fairly stable. But now we are seeing a significant uh, wealth creation which is happening, and that is translating into significant increase in demand, which is uh, putting a lot of pressure on raw material prices. And as you said, Walmart has increased the uh, prices of uh, uh, clothing for the first time in multiple decades. It's nothing but a reflection of increased demand which has come because of significant uh, wealth increase. Yeah, so let's explain this concept of wealth effect uh, to everyone. Yeah. And it's very interesting. It comes from behavioral finance actually, where if people feel wealthy, and this is just feel wealthy, they may not actually be wealthy. If they, the perception is that today I'm richer than I was last year you tend to spend more than you would have otherwise done and that's essentially the core of uh, uh, wealth effect we've actually looked at us housing data and for the very first time we are seeing a big bump up uh, the numbers that you were sharing with me was about 18 percent growth in real estate prices in the us just in the last one year and that's probably the highest it's been in what three decades it's not just limited to us even in india so a city like bombay where we have uh, completely forgotten about this concept of prices increase in real estate and you and i had multiple discussions on whether to buy or to rent first time you're seeing that people are moving out and saying that hey we should own a house two three triggers uh, cost of borrowing is significantly low so uh, uh, people are far more comfortable paying those EMIs. And second, as you said, there is an artificial sense of uh, high confidence in owns ability to create wealth. And which is coming from the way asset prices have gone up over the last two, three years. It's interesting, you know, uh, the other data point was the question about whether things are really getting, uh, people are actually getting wealthier. And there we are now beginning to see data about the price of assets or the value of assets relative to the global GDP. Uh, talk a little bit about that, uh, Webhub, because, you know, you feel that you're getting wealthy, but what we don't realize is a lot of people are getting wealthy right now. So it's a relative ranking, right? Wealth is nothing but relative. So if you look at uh, the way wealth has increased over the last 20 years, so in 2000, multiple of uh, wealth, global wealth to global GDP was 13 times. Today it is at 20 times, so which is a 50% increase in the amount of wealth creation which has happened world over. And GDP uh, and uh, income levels have not gone up at the same pace, which is quite surprising. Your income has remained constant, but your wealth has gone up. So, which is giving you a feeling that you are wealthy, but you are wealthy relative to what you were yesterday, not relative to where the world is. But uh, do you think that, and especially even in India, people spend more money when they have when they feel wealthier? Uh, is it a universal emotion? Because you know sometimes you talk to the older generation, especially which had this whole savings mentality. And there we didn't see lifestyles change. You and I discussed it in our yeah. own context the other day. 
that we are not spending much more than we were say 5 7 years ago so is it universally true it's universally true and it's a big shift in the consumer behavior and convenience convenient access to credit is a big driver of that so <laughs> in in our time and uh, days we never had access to uh, very very simple uh, credit uh, products today we have all sort of credit products right from bnpl to pay my later or uh, use your credit card limits all these products were not available along with that the confidence and uh, consumer confidence is one indicator which is used world over as an indication of how people are thinking about spending i think it's at a very high level and the reason for which that indicator is important is because that shows people's confidence to advance their purchases so typically people behave in two fashions either they will postpone their purchases or they will advance their purchases high consumer confidence is always an indicator of advancement of purchases this high consumer confidence is now captured in a very interesting term called yolo which is you only live once Yeah. so why not uh, live the life yeah and the other like you know the one thing is about when you talk about inflation there is this whole debate which is now beginning to happen we saw jack dorsey talk about the fact that hyperinflation is here to yeah. which kathy would hit back and saying that look uh, this is not uh, going to last it is long term it is disinflationary on the other hand you see elon musk talk about how things are getting more expensive for him and there's this whole joke that you know he he is now not having avocado toast because things are expensive so uh, so uh, why are why is this whole uh, debate going on between experts because if it's true it's true for everyone why is it become a viewpoint now so sandeep as i said uh, for last 30 years we have seen structural uh, shift in uh, inflationary pressures so you've seen uh, changes in the demographics people are getting older so their consumption requirements are uh, reducing uh, we are seeing significant improvement in productivity because of technology uh, central banks have kind of regulated interest rates so they have kept the interest rates on the lower end and not seen significant change in uh, consumer inflation over last 30 years but suddenly we are seeing uh, demand coming back and this whole wealth effect translating into a higher demand and also supply of money has gone up significantly on one hand people who say that inflation is more transitory are talking about the factors like increase in productivity technology demographics and government's own interest in keeping the interest rates low on the other hand you have uh, people who uh, talk about inflation uh, going up significantly are uh, saying this because they believe that uh, fiscal uh, uh, policies of central ba- uh, fiscal policies of governments world over or monetary policies of the central banks have taken the supply of money to 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 an extent where it will start impacting the d- demand and it will start influencing the prices of consumer products itself but uh, you know personally i feel that a large part of this may be transitory it may be because of the fact that you have controlled expenses for the last year and a half you were locked in in your house you didn't ne- feel the need to buy clothing you didn't feel the need to repair your car or buy a new vehicle you didn't feel the need to buy a gasoline or petrol at the local gas station now however given that we have been all holed up in our homes uh, for the last 18 20 months there is a natural tendency to go out and spend 
I would argue that potentially this will normalize as things stabilize. Because as, as reality kicks back in, you bought that extra pair of clothing that you needed. Now you probably don't need it again. So isn't it pent up demand that is causing inflation? No, that's true, Sandeep. And that's what proponents of uh, disinflation also believe in. That uh, this demand is transitory and it will normalize over next uh, 6 to 12 months time. But what is happening is a lot of this money which was printed by central banks world over. It's finding its way into raw materials like base metal and other commodities, which is supporting inflation in a significant yeah. manner. So in some sense, uh, they, they, there has to be a balance between the two and which factor will be more dominant uh, over next 12 months is something which is unknown to all of us. So yesterday we saw a big drop in uh, crude prices, right? So obviously market is nervous about uh, sustenance of demand yeah. and which, which, which is something what you are also trying to say. Yeah, so obviously, uh, lately there is this, now this news of this Omicron or the new version of uh, uh, COVID coming in and therefore uh, potentially oil prices are dropping. So it seems like two things are converging at the same point, right? One is the fact that there's potentially some pent up demand, which is happening because people couldn't spend and now they want to live a better life than they had in the last 18 months. The second potentially is this new money which has got printed which is now finding its way into the hands of people uh, and also in asset values. And with all of these converging, potentially near-term inflation is likely to come back and rear its head. The question is, is this a long-term phenomenon? Will long-term the disinflationary pressures return and push inflation down? So two, three factors uh, here, Sandeep. Uh... So what we have witnessed for last decade or so, productivity has gone up uh, significantly and technology is playing an important role in that. Uh, and I always use this example of uh, communication costs coming down. If you go back in time, uh, decade of 2000, when uh, making an international call costed us a bomb, but uh, now you can simply do a WhatsApp call without spending any money whatsoever. So that's an improvement in productivity and reduction in expenses. Uh, cars, uh, fuel efficiency of the cars, uh, you, you would remember the times where your car, car would give you a mileage of uh, 6 or 7 kilometers per liter which has gone up to 10, 12, 13. So all these are product, productivity enhancement uh, features which are supporting this phenomena of uh, low inflation or disinflation. Interestingly, if you go back in time and since we've spoken at length about Spanish length, the same behavior uh, played out in the decade of 20s also, 1920s also. After people were coming out of Spanish flu, they wanted to break the shackles and say that, oh, hey, we have, we have suffered a lot and it's time to celebrate a bit. And which created this pressure on inflation. Unfortunately, at that time, it sustained for way too long and uh, culminated into Great Depression of 30s. Hopefully, this time around, central banks are far more agile and governments are more... Uh, 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 coordinated in their effort to uh, nullify the impact of inflation. Yeah, I was joking with my cousin the other day that long distance relationships have disinflated because it's easier to talk to your girlfriend or boyfriend when you're not in the same city now. Uh, but she was arguing that that has leveled the playing field for everyone. So that is the other uh, uh, problem there. But it's interesting. <laughs> you can't even give give an explanation that I ran out of my... <laughs> now you can't give that explanation. You, you can go get free Wi-Fi at Starbucks. 
बट आई अग्री विद दिस सो देर आर मल्टीपल लॉन्ग टर्म ट्रेंड्स विच आर पोटेंशली कॉजिंग इन्फ्लेशन टू गो डाउन वन इज दिस पॉपुलेशन इट सेल्फ एंड फॉर द फर्स्ट टाइम इट सीम्स लाइक इंडिया माइट स्लिप बिलो द रिप्लेसमेंट रेट एज यू गेट मोर एडुकेटेड यू हैव लेसर किड्स विच इज प्रॉबली आई थिंक द नंबर इज टू पॉइंट वन इज द नंबर ऑफ एवरेज नंबर ऑफ किड्स वी नीड टू हैव एंड आई थिंक पीपल आर नॉट चूजिंग टू हैव दैट मेनी किड्स एंड देर फॉर पोटेंशियली इन द लॉन्ग टर्म देर विल बी लेसर डिमांड फॉर रिसोर्सेज द सेकेंड थिंग इज लाइक यू राइटली सेट टेक्नोलॉजी एंड दैट इज अ फिनोमिनल डिसइनफ्लेटर हु वुड हैव थॉट वेदर वी आर टॉकिंग टूडे ऑनलाइन Uh, at practically no cost we are distributing this podcast at zero cost the same thing we would not have been able to do so some of these things are very clear disinflators there's one thing which caused disinflation in the last 15 20 years and that is one point where their reversal seems to be happening which is globalization countries are now beginning to look inwards you want to now bring in supply chains back into the country us is now spending on its own infrastructure after probably i don't know 40 50 years in a very meaningful way uh, the yeah. dependence on first japan and then china uh, they don't want to have so do you think this globalization reversing will potentially cause inflation it can impact currencies in multiple ways so if you look at the period between 90s 1990s and 2000 most of the emerging countries created wealth by exporting their way to wealth whether you look at china or you look at taiwan or south korea most of these countries exported their way to wealth so if that reverses that can put significant amount of pressure on their domestic currencies and that is something which can be a big dampener and can structurally change the trajectory of inflation if you are too reliant on domestic production your cost of it's more emotional you are not looking at optimizing your cost you are simply playing on the uh, emotion of nationalism and yeah. that can that can have a structural implication on inflation yeah it's interesting though i feel that however there are other the other factors of reducing uh, population and technology will potentially outweigh some of these globalization uh, dislocations which are happening so in the it it seems to us therefore whether and correct me if i'm wrong is that potentially in the near term inflation is here to stay for some time but in the medium to long term it will potentially normalize or even things might start getting cheaper again yeah i would agree with that hypothesis and if you look at last 10 years also and it's not as if money supply did not go up after 2008 global financial crisis money supply did go up but most of the money supply that was there and that was released went into institutional hands and government was the biggest buyer of assets and they were the biggest beneficiary of asset inflation last 2 3 years because of proliferation of platforms like robin hood or other trading platforms world over everyone is benefiting out of this asset inflation and that is translating into significant consumption pressure that's that is something honestly uh, it's difficult to predict when it will stop a meaningful correction in the market can always reverse the trend or people getting back to their work may reduce the tendency to significantly indulge into trading so these are the two changes uh, which can change the trajectory of consumer demand right it's amazing how smart money reallocates right uh, we were talking yeah. to a very large developer in mumbai the other day uh, and you and i were both a part of that yeah. discussion 
इट सीम्स लाइक पीपल आर नाउ बिगनिंग टू डाइवर्सिफाई अवे फ्रॉम equities uh, yeah. especially the smart the wealthier side is beginning to do that because they know that this is potentially not uh, sustainable but i think there's a very interesting point that you made and about this whole wealth effect issue uh, and i think there's a social angle also there we are now beginning to see uh, a greater divergence between the haves and have nots uh, the haves have equity assets cryptocurrency etc which is making them wealthier on the other hand they have nots are being encouraged by corporations to do buy now pay later uh, yeah. and therefore get more and more indebted it's almost seems to me that the corporate debt on balance sheet is being transferred to personal debt through easier lending do you also feel that the uh, like wealth disparity is increasing the wealth disparity is increasing and it's more uh, uh, relevant for a country like india where asset ownership is uh, concentrated in very few hands so if you look at us more than 60% people invest in equity markets if you look at the same data for india less than 5% people invest in equity markets so all the boom that we witnessed in the stock market benefit benefit of that has accrued only to 5% of the population so that does create a significant amount of disparity and on your uh, lending point uh, as long as cheap credit is used to increase productivity by investments it's very positive for the economies but the moment it gets directed or misdirected towards consumption which is dependent on the future income it can have significantly negative impact and because of convenience of borrowing you can simply uh, borrow money uh, within 2 minutes or 3 minutes money gets credited to your bank account it's become very easy for people to consume with borrowing and as i said it's an impact of uh, high consumer confidence uh, you have uh, higher confidence about your future uh, wealth effect along with that convenience of borrowing money these two combination makes up for a significantly uh interesting combination which uh, motivates uh, people to borrow and spend yeah i think uh, this whole easier borrowing at the point of checkout uh when you're checking out of um, uh, an app where you're buying something is probably driving a behavior which is long term unsustainable you know we also hear about people who don't need to borrow or borrowing because they find it just so easy to do that yeah. uh and then imagine people who should not borrow and uh, it's easier to borrow potentially it can be devastating for their personal financial situation and that's where i think that there is a bigger role for wealth tech in general we have written about it in the past that i think there is a fiduciary responsibility that wealth tech has to india right uh, because you want to encourage more people to come in into financial assets but at the same time you don't want to gamify it and make it much fun that is almost like gambling which is potentially something that happened during the covid time what do you think actually that that played out especially like in the us we are seeing early signs of that i had a very interesting conversation with uh, an investment advisor couple of weeks back and he made a very deep point he said most of the people used to own assets for a very long period of time because it was not very convenient to exit and that's why we seen real estate creating the kind of wealth it has created today if you were to go out and sell your real estate it takes a hell lot of effort but uh, moving out of your stocks after uh, a reasonable performance has become very convenient 
all of us have dealt with clients uh, and heard stories where uh, some old families had certificates of the shares which they yeah. kept for years uh, and because it was so inconvenient to sell people sometimes ignored it and that is becoming a nemesis of investing in some sense if it becomes too convenient you want instant gratification and you don't want to delay the decision yeah. or you can't delay the decision because the temptation is way too strong so that is something that all of us uh, should uh, recognize and constantly educate investors about impact of impulsive decisions yeah actually that's uh, you know i was talking to pura who runs our global assets practice uh, yesterday and he told me there's a very interesting concept which is coming up uh, in the us it sort of got me excited but worried at the same time where there is daily settlement of price delta on a certain asset but that settlement happens in a bitcoin imagine that you're owning netflix stock and if on that day netflix stock is up you get a certain amount of bitcoin credited to your account on the day it's down it gets debited it's almost like instant dopamine hit so you have gambling uh, uh, issues coming in you have dopamine hit happening and this uh, thing about long term investing is somewhere getting uh, lost in in this whole uh, picture but yeah i think something to be uh, watchful of uh, how are you tailoring the portfolios now given that we have a view that potentially inflation is here near term but long term it may not uh, uh, be around for for ages to come so long term beneficiary of uh, low inflation or low inflation is equity the raw material prices go down and uh, discounting multiple uh, because rate of discounting goes uh, down your multiple increases but in the short term it's good to have some real asset in the portfolio which will act as natural hedge against any risk of hyperinflation so we have introduced uh, gold and real estate in our portfolio which are counter inflationary so in case inflation gets out of hand we have some hedge in the portfolio uh, honestly as we discussed there is no clear answer to this whether inflation is more sustainable or more transitory it's good to hedge your bets and have some allocation to the asset classes which will potentially provide you some relief in case inflation get out of hand absolutely and i think uh, there is no other uh, panacea other than asset allocation recency bias and uh, uh, is something which is very strong right now but will strongly uh, uh, believe that uh, over a long period of time allocating money across different asset classes and rebalancing them scientifically will yield much better returns than uh, trading on the portfolio based on recent performance of the asset class yeah that's interesting this uh, recency bias is something that plays up in the minds of investors lately when we talk about what should be the expected return from the portfolio i hear investors talking about 20 to 25% almost uh, as if it was the 8 10% uh, a few years ago so yeah something to be watchful about but this has been an exciting conversation i've learned a lot and i hope our listeners have as well uh, inflation is something to watch out for it can be a friend if you manage the asset pool uh, carefully and it can obviously be an enemy if you uh, spend too aggressively so that's some uh, thing for us to take away thanks webhav and i think this was one of our more exciting insider investing uh, shows thanks thanks sandeep uh, and uh, really enjoyed this conversation thank you we hope you enjoyed tuning in today and got some great takeaways new episodes of this podcast are out every alternate thursday You can listen to the episode on our website or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. If you wish to reach out to us, 
follow deserve on linkedin or you can write to us at social@deserve.in at